I like this chapter because it does not represent anything that it used to look like. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. This was this was one of our biggest changes. I wrote it on a couch in Long Beach a year ago. Or at least that was the complete change because a lot of stuff changed around this part, but it allowed us to bring back Cal, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed, but it also just it took pieces from deleted parts and all that, but it all ended up coming together in a, like a better way. But it's also just funnier now. Yeah. <laughs> and dumber. It's way dumber. It was, yeah. it was a, originally how it was written was this kind of like, I, I don't know. It, it was one of those things where the tone shifted sort of. And, Lone wolf. Yeah. Kind of like going out to the desert and finding a little shack and, you know, talking to someone who barely spoke his language and right. and it was cool in a vacuum i remember yeah i was i was writing a bunch of like all the tech he was putting in his backpack and like buying like drones and soups you know i you remember i was like i was like no no <laughs> yeah. no it's like it's very important we see his itemized list of backpack items that was one of those things where yeah. Yeah, you talked about where I'd send messages where I'd be like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like, that was one of the, I remember reading that and going like, no, fuck no. You know, I don't remember how I put it. And then I always felt guilty after I'd say those, those notes, but like. I deserved it. But it was one of, it was one of those things where, and I would fall in this sometimes too, when I, you know, write a chapter where I'd kind of just meander or whatever the case was. It's like, when you know someone can do something so much better than that. You know, you just, it's the, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. But yeah. It, there was this, there was this great chapter that needed to be unleashed from where it was at the time. Yeah. And so, it, well, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you got it. Well, I was going to say when we were in long, uh, long beach, the first time doing our edits, I remember having that, that, uh, white pad is, you know, it's big white pad was, mm we made it blank because we're like, we got rid of a chapter basically. (laughs) And we're like, well, so we need to have him do this and this and this and this. And then we also knew that we liked Cal and we need to provide kind of better, uh, you know, we get the, we got the closure from him, you know, or we will get closure eventually Mm -hmm. not to spoil necessarily, but like, he doesn't go away. No, he doesn't go away, but to mention him again and to have him be a good motivator and, and distill some of the thematic stuff that we were hitting towards, you know, yeah. uh, betrayal, etc. cetera. It, it's weird to see it when it's all done because it, it just makes more sense. It's like, okay, you, this is how you write a character. You should, you show their three moments. Like, even though it's a side character, it's mm-hmm. like, it's always the rules of threes and it sort of naturally goes there. But when we first wrote it, it was like, Cal here, Cal there, Cal gone. And we're like, well, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't really do justice of the character, but it, that's the idea of like going back and refining and and plus you didn't get up. to see the cow pals originally. Yeah, and like yeah, the the whole I guess to talk about that a little bit. I like the idea of a club within a club. Like yeah. I, I like the the dirty sort of like the fantasy football aspect of things. Of like it's not really sanctioned, but it's okay. So that's why whatever it's called a clan or a subseg or a line or whatever. It's like, got to join a group. And it's, it's that whole CrossFit idea of like, well, which 
which part are you part of? Uh-huh. You know, who's your team and that sort of thing. And I just I love the idea of one that like just can't make it. And, right. And Noel rejecting them is so sad. Like for them, like it helps Noel feel a little bigger about himself. You know, filled with a bunch of people, you know, with varying disabilities who, you know, are getting run over by all of the beefier, mightier, you know, subsegs. And, and it's more of a therapy support group than any kind of actual, you know, can accomplish a mission. And I think it also showed another character's sort of vulnerability and that talk, what we talked about before that, like kind of smiling through the pain uh-huh. and it's like, how are things good? Well, they're not good. They're really bad. Actually. They're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> glad just, you're here. <laughs> it's the, the desperation that just, scares anyone away plus we were writing it like you know we've all been a part of groups that are just fucked from the start aren't organized the start late like the things we were throwing in like you immediately got cal's pals because you're like oh yeah of course they show up late they are they are assigning positions by feel Mm -hmm. and you know (laughs) there's no real leader it's more of like what do you think or you know maybe not if you're not feeling it you know that kind of kind of beta passiveness yeah well it's like it's also on a sub like subtext level cal is part of the generation of the participation trophy of like right you're great no matter what his parents were like we don't care if you fail we love you you're the best and he's just like he passed that along of he's this generation of no leadership well and that pendulum swings right so yeah. you can say like, the generation before us is like the no earn that shit and mm-hmm. then ours is Oh, you know, well, at least you try. And then it swings back to like, no, you better. It gets or you're even, going it, to die. Yeah, it's, it's like 80s guy times, to, you know. Right. Just, supercharged. Yeah. It, it's just so much testosterone and but anger and fluidity. It's just it's I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think uh, we talk about it later. But like bro caliber is like, you know, the sexy version of, mm-hmm. you know, the cow pals is just it's. God, it's not even the sand. I'm trying to think it's like, it's the garbage pail kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way I looked at it. And this is a terrible comparison. I love it. There's a Disney movie called Brink about uh, a rollerblader named like Brink. I guess that's his name. And his pals, they, they all call themselves the soul skaters. And they're like, we skate for the fun of it. But then there's the sellout kids who get the sponsorships. And I like, don't be that. Like Brink needs money for his dad's cancer treatment or something, so he's like, "Like you left the Soul Skaters and you're you're making money on the side." He's like, "No, but it was for a good cause." And like, "Fuck you, Brink." When was this movie made? Well, went directly. I bet eighty eight, ninety six. No way. Yeah, yeah. Airborne is the oh rollerblades. It is rollerblading. Movie. Okay, so yeah. we're in the nineties with this very movie. well. I mean, there's there's Airborne, which is about rollerblading. I don't know if you've ever seen Airborne. No, it's, and it, I haven't seen Brink. <laughs> I haven't seen any of this shit that you're mentioning that you apparently drew from heavily for some <laughs> writing. I just, I like the idea that people like, they do it for the spirit of it. And then it's like, well, don't be like the salads, except the salads are living way better lives. Right. Because they're like, well, we've embraced what this thing is. And even for, the sellouts are losers too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a loser in this, in this movie. No one, no one looks good. No. I like that you called it a movie. Oh, wait. Or book. What, what is it? Were you talking about Brink or are we talking about Rook? I, I'm talking about Brink. <laughs> this is the Brink talk now. I honestly forget how it ends and I forget why he needed money or if he was just seduced by the, the sexy side of 
uh, you know, shin guards and you talking about the book now or are you talking about Brink? (laughs) Um, It's all related. But it it was good showing that kind of club. Yeah, that that actually that made me really happy that we we went back and went, oh, let's show show why it's shit. Yeah. Other than because Cal first comes off as pretty confident of like, hey, bud, it's all you. But then when it's really like, hey, times are tough. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, come on, come on. G- g- can you give me some money? You know, it's like uh, we've all had a friend like that where you just, you know, you want to buy some crypto? I, You don't need to, but it'd Use be great. this offer code and maybe. Uh... Yeah. Ethereum's going to be really hot. Please <laughs> buy yeah. it. And then it was. Or isn't. I don't know. Times are changing. In the time that we've written this book, crypto has crashed and gone up and crashed again mm-hmm. and is going up again. But is still somehow the only currency that has survived the Great Fire. That's true. Yeah. Well, Dogecoin, I think, too. Yeah. It's still... I'm, we wrote a book. Yes. And it has words in it. And those words mean something to us. Because when you combine them, they form sentences. And those sentences make paragraphs. Those paragraphs make pages, and those pages make chapters. So everyone got that? <laughs> the point that I love I, I, that was a holdover from, you know, originally installing the Mantis chip was that getting frozen in a compromising position um, thing. Oh, yeah. It, he was originally like in a like a gym. <laughs> well, we talked about he, orig- he originally went to the shower, like to go clean off his frame mm-hmm. because it was a private place. <laughs> and he's inserting the chip. Yeah. Mid, you know, in the shower and two guys come in the shower and go, what's going on with them? You know, and yeah. just basically because as it's updating, you freeze, you know, while it's doing its little update. Which the entire thing is based on my experience of uh, like hacking or um, rooting an Android phone. Right. It's all like I remember when I, I first got like a Galaxy S3 and using it with Samsung's piece of shit uh, OS and they're like. You know, you can do stock Android, but you got to go through this whole process. And it's like, you got to root it. And then you got to put a thing on a chip and you got to put it in the SD card slot. And then you got to like use your, uh, I forget what it's called. It's been a while. If you do anything aside from that, you will brick it. And I did. Yeah. I bricked it. I took it back to Verizon. I was like, no, oh, something's wrong with it. And they're like, did you, did you do something? And I was like, I, you broke it. <laughs> I just, I just plug it. I just charge it at night. I don't know. What's, and meanwhile, my computer has all these yeah, like, lines of fucking matrix yeah, downloaded APKs and just all. Yeah, it's, it was a learning process, but I, I wanted to carry that sort of like frustration slash do it yourself. Like it's, it's not so hard that you can't do it. But it is somewhat frustrating because it's written by a bunch of engineers, hackers who are like, just do the thing. Just like they, they'll they'll just skip an entire step in the instructions or they just like, well, of course, you use clockwork mod. Why wouldn't you use it? I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. I'm very confused. The way I thought of it is when and I think I told you this when turning my PC into a Mac doing a Hackintosh. Yeah, yeah. I could not do that again. I don't know what I did, but I followed the directions to a T because they said, if you don't, you will lose your computer forever. Exactly. Yeah. And it was that kind of like, just just do it. Don't ask questions. There are people smarter than you that made all this stuff. You know, you're just following their footsteps. Yeah. So, yeah, very much the inspiration of trying to, like, supercharge your your hacked account or whatever is very much based on reality of just what you can do today. But 
it is always just questionable and sometimes not worth it. Right. I think as time has shown, it's just like, uh, just buy the thing you want. But uh, Noel has no money, so he needs to get ahead. And it's also this, I think, also explains kind of Noel to a T is that like he gets something in his head and goes for it. He gets yeah. blind. He's moving forward. That's all he knows. Well, and you imagine you immediately put yourself in the most idealized outcome and scenario that could happen. You yeah. start immediately daydreaming, you know, like, yeah. And you ignore the fact that everything would have to go perfect for you to achieve this goal. You're now have hope for again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's no, uh, blindly wandering into hope after hope, you know, and having it dashed. So originally when, you know, Noel goes and, and installs the Mantis chip and then he comes back and Cal, Cal's people are getting overrun all the stuff and he has this heroic moment because he's supercharged from the Mantis chip and all this stuff. Mm. Originally we, you know, now it, it goes to where it skips time and does that thing. But originally we had this whole, you know, now he's using the Mantis chip and it's, it was kind of this repeating beat of him going on these missions, being a hero and stuff. We had this whole, all this stuff written of him just being a badass. Yeah. And it was this, uh, do you remember that where it, it just felt like a repeating? I remember when we printed the pages out, we put it on the wall, it was like a picture of us jerking each other off. Yeah. And yeah. It was weird. It was a nice sketch of, of mm-hmm. us going like, oh, look oh, yeah. at this. Oh, um, action. And, yeah. And like, holding action figures yeah. while it's happening somehow. But it was, it, it was so evident that, and you felt it too reading it. And, you know, maybe someone will read that this, that first go that we had at, at the, uh, the first draft, but like yeah. you read it and you're like, I've been here before. Right. We've seen this before. He's done this before. Yeah. And it was like, you get it. He's, he's doing all right. Yeah. Know? Cause now it's, it's more about, okay, he's, he's able to get back into that hero situation, but now he's kind of doing it under the radar. And that's, that was the more interesting side of it. I thought, I mean, that's in the next chapter, but just like yeah. how, how do you have a hacked piece of hardware slash software? This is hardware. It's like you're it's using, firmware. For, it is firmware. Basically. Yeah. You've, you've hacked the kernel. Yes. As they say in brink, maybe hacker. <laughs> you mentioned that fucking thing again. I'm going to kick your ass. I think they have a computer that runs on like ball bearings or something, but, um, Regardless, that idea of using it, it's like someone who pirates software and they use it at the office. You're like, right. it's a matter of time. Like, yeah, you might have a VPN, you might block the IP, but it's like it calls home once you're mm-hmm. fucked. And I've seen that happen where it's like, you know, someone uses an unauthorized piece of software on a company network and it's just like they like shit goes down. So it's like, I like. That's the more interesting side, I thought, of what is it like to use unlicensed software hardware in a somewhat safe space, you know, in, right. a, in a in a just you're you're now in the water with the sharks and you you've cut your foot open basically. And you're, you're I guess you're, you're holding the bleeding with like some duct tape. You know, it's like, how can you keep that going? That that to us was more interesting than Noel's badass again. Yay. Mm-hmm. You know, like more action. <laughs> Skirm is a, is just one metaphor for the Adobe suite. For the Adobe suite. It's Adobe like, creative cloud. Yeah. There's other options out there, but why, yeah. why would you, why would you, it's so big. You can't, 
Go ahead. Try to quit us. You you hate us, yeah. but you can't leave us. Yeah. It's it's the abusive husband from The Invisible Man. It's like, I love you. I beat you. I'm invisible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always going to bother I'm you. I'm always going to appear and you yeah. won't know. And then uh, the rest of the world will just gaslight you until you go mad. I hope that someone from Adobe hears this or watches it or whatever, and they realize how much people hate them and their products that never have worked ever, ever. Uh-huh. And as soon as they make updates, things break, and then you have to search the fucking forums to find out how to make them work. This is now the Adobe Premiere uh, book cast. Yeah, I fine. I hope that they see it and... um. No, I, it's you, think, not. you think they'll change their ways? Because, no, I, I, I yeah. thought that maybe they'd feel guilt, but they feel nothing. No, I'm telling you, Adobe is Skirm. Skirm is Adobe. They, you could sit there and shout at them all day, and they go, "Oh, we know. Oh, we know it's bad." And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you gonna do? like? Yeah, look at these new features we put out. They don't work, but they're there. And like, can you just fix the thing that didn't work before? Like, can you just stop it from crashing? Like, can you? I don't know, maybe use the, the GPU a little bit more than the CPU. And they're like, no, what are you, what are you going to do? Da Vinci resolve? Good luck. Final cut X. <laughs> yeah. You're going to play with your blocks and do your, <laughs> do your little Legos. Apparently final cuts better now, but when, you have to have a Mac and I'm. Yeah. Here it's, it's pretty good, but also I'm not quitting premiere. Yeah. Because they've got me. They got me. I'm stuck because then it's like, well, I like Photoshop. Photoshop's mostly there. God forbid you use the text tool because uh-huh. that's going to slow the whole thing down because how dare you throw a vector in here? Meanwhile, Affinity Designer figured out how to do vector and pixel in the same program on a fucking iPad. I feel like we've lost sight of what we were talking about. I feel like we're citing our inspiration. More yeah, than I, guess, I guess the angst is coming through. <laughs> it, it's it's doping in the Olympics. At some point, it just evens everything out. It's like, well, you're going to dope. I'm going to hack. Yeah, I'll be like, you hack, I hack. I'm yeah. pro doping in all sports. I am too. Well, I mean, the joke's been done a million times, but yeah. I, it's, it's sports would be much more interesting. And like, I think the world we've written. Like, yes, of course, human growth. Like, it's a, it's a right. Yeah, every, yeah, you get HGH as soon as you're born. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. They're like, it, it's the cooler version of Gattaca. Or they're like, we made your son perfect. Like, we made your son awesome. Yeah. He has no neck. Do you realize how short we're going to be to everyone else in 40 or 50 years? <laughs> like, everyone's going to be seven and a half feet tall with fucking 15 inch penises. And we're going to be, you know, our height with our you know, normal 10 inch penises and, <laughs> and people are just going to be like, look and be like, man, old people were so short back I, back then. I think it's going to be like, uh, the Saiyans from Dragon Ball Z where they wrap their tails around their waist. <laughs> people yeah. in the future will just, their belt is their giant, <laughs> cock. <laughs> their giant cock. Like women and men both with huge yeah. cocks. It's, it's right now how like mass are a fashion statement. It's like your cock sleeve. Yeah. Like don't want to get cold with your cock belt, you know? And it's just, you're, yeah, you're, you go to a gas station and get your your cheap accessory cock belt, you yeah. know, that has Bluetooth. The moment that. of shame is when it only wraps around once. You want the real you want the one that goes around a couple of yeah. times. It's like one and a half. Do and, just a little French tuck yeah. into it. Oh yeah, you, you wear it like the belt from the nineties where it just hangs down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's got the, the belt buckles got your name on it. Uh-huh. Cause that was cool for some reason. That and the wallet chain. Anyway. So we wrote a book. I forgot what it's about. 
but it's basically came from conversations like this. Yeah. Basically it's just rambling, talking about how the future is going to leave us behind and what that will look like. Um, and awesome at the end of this, when we, uh, get to bro caliber, I it's originally, we didn't have bro caliber. Uh, well, first of all, they weren't mentioned at all in the book before kind of this pointish, but also it took another chapter or two to get to them. And instead we just had them, I think if I remember correctly, you know, we decided let's just have them at the end of this chapter watching a highlights. It's almost like, I mean, it's recruiting, you know, like you, yeah. you see what you like and you go, them, I want that person. It's weird from my perspective. Cause I've seen it written a bunch of different ways. And while we did remove some chapters, we just completely removed mm-hmm. and there's really nothing left of it. Some of them, we kept pieces and combined and shuffled things around. We're like, well, this makes more sense. So like, yeah, moving bro caliber up, you know, post cow pals, like it made more sense to go, okay, Noel did something awesome. Now he's got his golden ticket. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now our, now our hero is on a path. He's on a path towards something. And it's, it, it just, it moves the story along and it's like, okay, there's, there are goals. The goals are shifting and it's this character getting out of debt and eventually being able to pull a rod out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> like Pretty basic, uh, you know, tropey story been done. It's, Tales all this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Cinderella story with an oozing rod in the back of the uh, of the spinal cord. That was one note. We have to keep going back and be like, must remember the rod. Yeah. He has a rod in his head. He has a thing in his head that yeah. is causing him pain. Yeah. It's funny that we never talked about this, and this is in this chapter, but early, you know, with Mr. Doctor, you know, in the first chapter, there's some, you know, inspiration from idiocracy and just the, the oh, yeah. way that. I mean, doctors in the future, I know people who have become doctors and I was like, you shouldn't be a doctor. <laughs> you should not be a doctor. You know, yeah. they went to the school in the Caribbean and all this stuff, which is fine. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you do, but he, he shouldn't be sunburns and right. like VD. It's like yeah. know how to apply tanning lotion correctly. Like yeah. this, but I, you know, you start as you get older and as, uh, kind of things change, like you, you start knowing people in like these really high pressure fields and the requirements to be in these fields lower and and lower seemingly it seems. And so the culmination of that being a, a, uh, a doctor that shows up to your house does, does a doctor visit call, but is totally unqualified Mm -hmm. and is basically just a, uh, it's like the equivalent of what what cable people are now when they just yeah. they just have to plug in the box. Yep. They don't need to know anything about anything. It was I the inspiration for that. I know we're going we're totally backtracking, but this is a big part of it. Is I remember I a few times had these stomach issues, and having a stomach issue really wakes you up to the idea that you are not special, right? And that you are the most special person on the planet because. Whatever stomach issue you have is completely different from what any doctor has ever seen before. And within two separate decades, I had the same stomach problem. I mean, I think it ended up being bacterial. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. It was just we kept trying different things. They did the endoscopy, everything. And both times you're just sort of like, take some pills. I don't know. The stomach's really complicated. Like, I'm just a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like you put a camera down my throat. 
you didn't find anything? They're like, not really. Found your throat. Yeah, we we gave you some radioactive eggs to eat, and we scanned it. You're fine. And I'm like, okay, but every time I eat, I want to die. They're like, maybe try some Miralax. And it's just like, it it was impossible until like, eventually, I think it was once I lost 30 pounds and I was just dying. The doctor was fine. Like, okay, we'll try some antibacterial stuff. And thankfully it worked, but. Were you going to a vet? Were you actually going to a doctor? He did say bark, bark a yeah. lot to me and said, good boy. Yeah, and he, he would scratch. Yeah, yeah. And I'd kick my leg. It was good. Then my owner would come get me. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Um, it, it was just that thing of like, doctors would be so much happier if they could just give you a pill. Oh, and yeah. go, go next, next, next. Take your pill. Take your miracle pill. But that we're so far from that. So the vision of that is just a rod that gets drilled into your head where it's like, don't really know what's wrong with you, but this will keep you alive. It's kind of killing you, but the alternative is you die. I mean, eventually doctors, medicine's going to get to the point where so many things are healed and uh, so many things have been just erased from our genetic code and all this stuff that doctors will essentially just become salesmen for services to keep you like, the machine and the solution does all of the work. There's no like, you know, even the di- diagnosis, WebMD does it now. You know, like doctors well, are on WebMD looking and being like, oh, maybe it's that. You know, like, <laughs> and in the future, it's just going to be that to the nth degree where all they need to do, doctors are going to be completely insurance company shills to where they go like, yeah, we should put them on. Let's upsell them to the deluxe uh, breathing apparatus. Mm-hmm. And have you thought about life support? Like, I'm okay, but have you thought about it'll it? It'll make you feel good. Yeah, you should just you, it, you won't have to move. Yeah, um, just just put it on. <laughs> but like, you won't you won't need any instinct or any kind of like. Right. You're not going to go to school for 13 years to become a doctor 50 years from now. Yeah. you're going to go to school for two to three years. To learn the basic mechanics of salesmanship. How the computer works. How the computer works. How to search for the ailments. <laughs> uh, you know, how to how to plug in the router or whatever There's going to be like an AI that knows most of it. But then when there's, you know, a new Lou Gehrig's disease type thing, they go, ooh, we've never seen this before. Take some oxy. You know, it's yeah. like, just take it. And then they die and they go, ah, they died. Like, it's tragic. Well, then the computer will run it through and be like, it was probably this based on how they died. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, okay, you know, if another person dies like that, we'll know that it's confirmed. Right. And it's it's what we do. We trust the system. We trust AI because it's just easier. Mm-hmm. It's just so much easier to go. We go like, how hot is it today? And you look at your phone. Ugh. Okay. It doesn't matter what my how hot my phone tells me it is. No, it's how you feel. Yeah, because you're like, well, it says it's 61 outside, but it's really hot. I guess it's not hot. It told me. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I trust the rectangle in my pocket, so why? I must be wrong. Yeah, it's just, it, it is sort of a warped reality sort of thing. But it, we could sit here all day and be sad about it, or we could poke some fun at it and laugh as we just circle the drain. Another few of these, and I'm going to really not be sad about anything we wrote. What, was there anything with the stranger man that they're talking about and like in in the beginning where... Oh, well, there there was the whole thing where I originally wrote it and you were like, is this Morpheus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Well, you wrote this, the that you took that first stab at it and I was like, is this guy Morpheus? And then you're like, no, he's like John Hamm. I'm like, 
What the fuck are you I, talking I was about? Trying, I was trying to make like a it was like a weird mix of a madman meets V for Vendetta where like, like we're going to help you take down the bad, like Skirm's evil. And we're going to like break it from the inside. And like, this is dumb. (laughs) Just like, just get people what they want. People want to make money. It's, it's the guy, you know, who will uh, take the, uh, the governor off your car. You know, it's like, it, that's better than, a secret society trying to like take it down from the inside. I was like, cause remember you're like, Oh, I read it as Morpheus. And I was like, I didn't want to write Morpheus. I swear to God. When you said John Hamm, I thought you'd fucking lost your mind. I was like, what did you ever watch an episode of mad men? Like I've seen at, the next times on. <laughs> I was just imagining John Hamm being like, you know, I could sell you a robot that would do, you know, lucky strike cigarette robots. You see, my name's not, uh, Don Draper. It's, Dill Dapper. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Dick Dangler. So was his name. Like, it was something really stupid. Yeah, it's like, I exchanged lives with a man who looked exactly like me. The difference is he didn't grow up in a whorehouse. You're like, okay. Okay. Like, my name is, my name is Dick Belt. Yeah. Dick Belt. <laughs> I want doctors to give me a three and three foot penis. And I want to wrap it around my my waist i think john ham already has that i can't even hear myself that's how low i'm trying to go with his voice maybe you'll be able to pick it up later yeah 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 that that's staying in (laughs) (laughs) 